You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. A lot of SMU football news to get to on this edition of the podcast as the Mustangs picked up their first 2021 commitment since Preston Stone announced his at the All-American Bowl in January. And it was a big one. Fort Worth, All Saints, running back, kind of do-it-all prospect, Monte Dawson, jumped on board on Saturday to uh, add to the 2021 class, pushing them up into the top 40 on the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings. SMU actually now ranks just behind Cincinnati, who has a couple, a few really high-quality prospects on board already. But look, I, I think for starters for this commitment, it's been a long time coming. We put our crystal ball picks in a long time ago for Monte Dawson to jump on board, and uh, now he makes a call to go ahead and and commit to SMU. And when you go back to Pony Stampede and look at our uh, story with Monte Dawson, he talked about Rashad Samples playing a key role in his recruitment, the new running backs coach for SMU, who talked to him on the phone uh, the morning of his commitment and said, hey man, we're ready when you are, let's do this. And Monte said he just thought about it, talked to his family, and went ahead and made his commitment. And I think for SMU to jumpstart their recruitment with a lo- uh, their, their class again during this dead period with a local prospect like Monte Dawson, who really is one of the most versatile running backs in the country, was a big deal. And uh, I think for him now, he's going to be in an offense where they're going to use him in a multitude of ways. He's going to be at running back. He's going to be at slot. He's going to be the kick returner, punt returner. I mean, he is one of the fastest players in all of Texas high school football in the 2021 class. He's going to be starting his junior or his senior season playing behind uh, five-star offensive tackle James Brockermeyer and four-star offensive uh, you know lineman James Brockermeyer, uh, who are the sons, of course, of SMU analyst Blake Brockermeyer. And so he's poised for a really big year. He was playing in a Mansfield-Timberview offense last year that had a lot of talent at the running back position, and he averaged over eight yards a carry, over 10 yards a touch. His receiving stats are really off the charts when he touches the ball in the receiving game It usually goes for a score at this point uh, with what he was able to do at Timberview last year. He picks SMU over a lot of Power 5 programs, places like Baylor and Cal and some of the other uh, really, uh, you know, Power 5 programs here and opted to go ahead and not take visits and, and wanted to jump on board. And now, you know, he's been somebody that I think has pretty much been considered a silent commitment for a long time for SMU. And, and he goes public with it. He ends up uh, doing so on, on Saturday during the dead period. And it, it's kind of funny. We've been waiting on this one for a while. I think I've had the story written since early January uh, for, for Monte Dawson to, to go ahead and commit. So SMU gets a really big commitment here. He's a number four overall all-purpose back in the country and rated as, a, as an 87 on 24-7. And I think he could jump up into that 88 range depending on how his senior season goes. He's a little limited in terms of his size, being 5'7", 165 pounds. But he runs uh, really hard, 
uh, and has that speed that college football these days you really covet. And uh, so SMU gets a huge commitment from Monte, Monte Dawson, who's been clocked in the 10 6 100-meter range uh, in his uh, junior year uh, running track, or actually sophomore year running track. So an elite track guy, elite speed. Really, really love this pickup for SMU. And now I think he's the first of what you could see uh, become kind of a run for SMU in terms of uh, commitments. And we broke that down into VIP piece on Pony Stampede. I encourage our listeners to go check it out. You can just subscribe for just a buck for that first month, uh, or we're still doing 30% off annual subscriptions. Give you guys some really good reading uh, during this downtime, uh, during this what is supposed to be a dead period during your quarantine life or stay-at-home life or shelter-in-place or whatever you're under. We encourage you guys to go ahead and check out a lot of our VIP pieces that are going up. We've been kind of churning those out left and right. For Dawson, like I said, he jump-starts the SMU class, and Preston Stone certainly did as well. I don't think any of these guys we're talking about are are really considering the program if Preston Stone isn't on board. But now the okay has kind of been given. You know, the first one in the DFW area outside of Stone to jump on board in a while does that. And he's somebody that I think is really solid. I'm not really worried about him going elsewhere. His family's really happy with his decision. And so a really nice pickup in Monte Dawson for SMU. As far as what's next, this is where it gets not tricky because I think We've talked about this on the board. SMU's prioritized the Dallas area so much during this cycle. Now it's a matter of who's next, how the board is stacked, and who they're ready to take commitments from over the course of this dead period, which is now extended through May 31st and realistically could be even longer. And I think some of the names to kind of keep an eye on are the likes of you know, Savion Bird, the offensive tackle out of Duncanville. Will he be next or, or one of the next to, to jump on board. You look at Isaiah and Wilkabia out of Dallas Skyline, the safety. You look at Roderick Daniels, also a Duncanville standout. And then Brandon Epton, the Dallas, Texas Kimball running back, set his decision date for May 1st. And I think with SMU there, it's a SMU-Texas Tech battle. We've had our crystal ball picks in for a while on Epton uh, to, to be in this class. And Texas Tech did host him for uh, an unofficial visit earlier this spring, and SMU's hosted him throughout the process as well. So I, I love where SMU stands with Brandon Epton. I think he could very well be that next commitment for the staff. And then from there, we'll see, again, how these guys play out their recruitments. Uh, I think defensive-wise, there's going to be kind of a run here that gets going eventually. I look at Lathan Adams out of DeSoto. I look at Stone Ebby out of Flower Mound, Braylon Jackson out of Mansfield Lake Ridge uh, on the defensive line as guys that could jump on board as well. Uh, this is a cycle that's going to be unlike any other just because of this dead period, because of the lack of visits, and I think it's playing into SMU's favor. So we're going to be watching the recruiting you know, process throughout here, of course, as we always do on Pony Stampede, but I think it's about to get really interesting. So again, I encourage you guys to jump on board with Pony Stampede as we uh, continue to roll out a lot of VIP updates and certainly keep you in the loop as far as who's trending where uh, on SMU's board. So with that, guys, we're going to hit a quick break and then come back on the other side of the podcast and talk about SMU's uh, projected win total being set by Las Vegas. How could SMU once again hit the over in 2020 uh, like they did in the 2019 season? 
as Vegas projected SMU uh, quite a bit lower than I thought they would. So we'll do that on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Las Vegas came out with SMU's projected win total uh, just this week with Caesars releasing the win total for the the entire American conference. They've been doing a lot of these uh, conferences throughout kind of this uh, dead time of sports. And SMU's projected win total was set at seven uh, for you to go ahead and uh, hit that over, I think, is is probably the smart move here. And I, I was shocked it wasn't eight, maybe nine. But when you look at SMU's schedule, you look at the quality of teams that are on it this year, I can see why it's seven. Um, I was just a little bit surprised that it was, um, like I said, what it was being, you know, the team is coming off a 10-win season, Shane Bouchelle returns. I think that's always something you look to when you look at these over-unders and kind of where you want to take your your money to bet on them. And when you stack up SMU schedule, I think they got a very good chance to go 4-0 in non-conference play uh, with TCU being the one that you certainly look at and say, okay, can they do it again? The game's in Dallas. Can they win two in a row over the Horned Frogs? That's probably the big question. But the other three, Texas State, SFA, and North Texas, those are ones that SMU should take care of business in. I know they go back to North Texas and they play Texas State on the road, but the first two games of the season, certainly ones that should play into SMU's hands very well. North Texas is losing a lot. They've got to replace Mason Fine, which is going to be extremely difficult. And and that's a program that is probably at a crossroads. Will they continue to be competitive or will they kind of slink back into uh, non-competitive uh, ways that they have in the past? And if SMU gets to 3-0, They'll be playing with a lot of confidence. They'll face TCU at home. And then uh, we'll kind of see how they shape up uh, at the end of non-conference play. And things get going right away in conference play uh, right after that TCU game. They've got Memphis at home on the short week. And then they've got Cincinnati, uh, two of the first three games in conference play, being against those two powerhouses that ended up playing for the AAC title just last year. Luckily for SMU, they've got both at home. I think that stands out to me. Uh, when you look at uh, those two programs uh, and where SMU has to face them. They've got an early season game against Tulane, which is kind of a change from years past. Usually it's been a late season one that has been as competitive as any game on SMU's schedule uh, over the last few years. But I think if they can split the Memphis-Cincinnati ones, they can pick up the win on the road against Tulane, that tees them up well to have a good shot at hitting that over, a very, very good shot 
I should say, at, at hitting that over. Because the back half of the schedule, you've got Temple, Tulsa, Houston, and ECU uh, after you, you play Navy at home. And coming off of last year, I think they certainly learned some lessons playing against Navy. And that, that's a different animal playing Navy at home on senior day uh, or, or on the road at, you know, for senior day. Uh, and they didn't really bring their best. Now, can they go back and, and get another win over Navy uh, at home? I think that's something that with Shane Bouchelle coming back, you'll have uh, one thing of note, you'll have Kedrick James you know, probably hitting his stride a little bit as an SMU Mustang at that point after he serves a four-game suspension, and you're in the into the thick of it. So if they can stay healthy, the back half of the schedule really plays well. I mean, you've got at Temple after you play Navy on a Thursday night, and, and that's one that stands out as, as certainly one that's going to be tough. But then in the in the late November, you've got Houston at home, and you've got two man- manageable road games against Tulsa and ECU. I think the over is the clear play here um, for SMU fans that are looking to put some money on the team this year. And for me, I mean, I think a double-digit win season is just in the regular season. I think that's certainly in the cards for SMU. I think the back half of the schedule plays out well enough for them to go 5-0 and after that Cincinnati game, no matter really how that ends up. I think that game against Cincinnati is going to be the tell-all as far as where this team goes in terms of will they be in the conference title game? Will they be a contender for that New Year's Six Bowl? Because they could lose early on to Memphis and then go on a big run uh, with their schedule and, and figure that out out the rest of the way and we've seen this conference kind of beat beat each other up a little bit over the years and kind of make things interesting down the stretch uh that memphis game that's that's really a must win in a way Uh, but i just feel like with the way this conference has traditionally played out they don't necessarily have to win that to get into the aac title game but it would certainly make things uh, a lot easier on themselves if they were able to. Memphis has early season conference games against Houston and then uh, SMU early on, of course, UCF and Cincinnati on their schedule. And I'm going to run down kind of the rest of the projected win totals for you guys and I, and kind of weigh in on each uh, as we kind of go through this. And the one that stands out to me is Central Florida at 10.5. These are just regular season totals, so it doesn't count your conference championship games, your bowl games, or your playoff games. They're projecting basically Central Florida, to almost run the table with their schedule, which really shocks me. I think Central Florida is one where I'm not sold on Josh Heupel. I think I've talked about this at length. They've had their issues in terms of consistency. And as that program continues under his direction, I I see them going under in that one. Cincinnati with eight and a half wins. That one, I think you hit the over as well. If you think they're one of the best teams in the conference, you've got to believe that they could get to nine there, probably 10 wins. And then uh, you've got some bottom feeders like East Carolina, three and a half, Tulsa, four and a half, South Florida, four and a half. And then you've got Memphis at 10 wins, which again, I think with their new coaching staff, they're going to be able to kind of build off of what they've done I think this is one of the final years that you're going to see Memphis be, I think, that elite top 25 type of group of five team. And then I think you could see them kind of drop down a little bit and and kind of end up in the upper middle half of the conference. That's just me watching them as a recruiting staff, me kind of 
talking to various sources around the country and kind of what they think about Coach Silverfield and what he's going to be able to do there. Remember, Memphis is a program that hasn't really had to be built back up. But I think as some of their talent departs, that's going to be the challenge for Coach Silverfield over there at Memphis. And I'm not sure he's built uh, a staff and and, and a, has a program that is in position to continue to do that. I think Memphis is going to slide a little bit down. I do like the 10-win mark for them being their projected total. Then you can kind of pick it, okay, do you think SMU can beat Memphis? Do you think Cincinnati beats Memphis, UCF? How does that one play out? That's one that I think you could take the under and and look pretty good as well if they were a nine win team, uh, but they do have a pretty favorable uh, non conference slate uh, over there as well. They've got to play Purdue, uh, which they did last year, and and I think that's a team that could be on the rise. So we'll have to see kind of how Memphis plays out, and then the middle of the pack with SMU is schools like Navy, Temple, and Tulane. At, at seven wins for Navy, six and six for Temple and Tulane. I think Tulane's a good bet on the over. I think Temple could very well be an under there. I know Temple's got some athletes, but again, as the Matt Rule era kind of fades away, will they be able to keep up their ability to play at a high level? That's something to watch there as well. Navy is always, I think, a good bet to hit that over. Eight wins, that's probably uh, a good bet there to take the over, but I think when you look at this conference moving forward, and I said this, I was talking with uh, some of our 24-7 colleagues this week about it, I think SMU and Cincinnati, especially the way both of those teams are recruiting, they've got a really good shot to end up being kind of the the cream of the crop in the conference moving forward. Um, we'll see how Luke Fickle's you know tenure goes there. If he's out after this year, I think that's something to watch there, and he moves on to another job. But Right now, as you kind of look at him as a coach running that program, they're recruiting at a high level. He turned down multiple Power 5 jobs. He turned down Michigan State late in this coaching carousel as well. Seems like he's in it for the long haul. We'll kind of see, depending on what program comes and and wants to back the truck up for him, I think the world of Luke Fickle and what he's able to do. So um, that's kind of my take on some of those over-under bets that you can uh, place as far as win totals on the conference this year. But really, not too much else going on in the sports world. Uh, We did uh, drop some notes on SMU and the transfer portal and kind of some targets to watch there. We're also rolling out uh, some interviews with the 2020 class, kind of where they are at as they navigate this period of time, preparing for their college career with really potentially a unknown start date you know when can they move to campus when can they you know begin training with the program itself we're all monitoring that as well as when SMU can start getting back together uh, training uh, after this coronavirus uh, stuff really passes through so it's an uncertain time for the team it's an uncertain time for the new you know players coming into the program so we're rolling those out and uh, I also hope you guys enjoyed our, our interview with, with C.J. Sanders on the board. Uh, he talked a lot about his pro day and uh, how he views the 2020 SMU team and kind of what Shane Bouchel made, um, uh, how Shane Bouchel really took over that team and, and kind of calmed the waters at the quarterback position. So good stuff from him on the board. You can check it out at PonyStampede.com. For you guys, don't really have too much else to talk about, uh, but... 
this weekend would be Masters weekend, one of the best weekends of the year. Uh, ESPN's running a lot of the uh, old rounds, the historic final rounds of the Masters, so I'm looking forward to kind of sitting on the couch and watching some of those, pretending that we're in a better time and a better place uh, with real uh, golf going on and, and the real uh, tradition of the Masters being played out. But um, I hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's staying safe. Uh, stay positive. We're going to get through this, and hopefully we'll be back to talking about real football and real workouts and all of those things in the near future. But hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. We'll be back again with another podcast uh, probably early next week, much earlier than I wanted to uh, this week. But, you know, we're just churning out a lot of content. And I I knew I had to carve out some time for a podcast. And uh, Wednesday was the earliest I could do it. So stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. And thanks for listening to this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.